If you want to explain the Missouri Tigers football team so far, well, you can look directly to the transfer portal for a lot of the good and a lot of the bad as well, plus some big-time injury updates for Missouri this week against Georgia coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball for your team every day. And yes, today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. And I got to say, for all the positive contributions in the transfer portal before we even get there you could be you could be wondering my goodness shouldn't some of these great high school players that Eli Drinkwitz has supposedly brought into the fold shouldn't more of them be making their way up to the up the depth chart like Dalen Carnell did this past week well that's fair but at the same time I guess a lot of modern football is about the transfer portal and defensively, let's face it, Tyron Hopper, the linebacker from Missouri, the former Florida Gator, well, he's been everything you could possibly want so far. Just a really, really good player for the Tigers. At, at just about everything, I can tell. Jaden Jernigan, Christian Williams, Josh Landry, all those guys on the interior of this defensive line have been contributors to a good defense so far for Missouri. And really, I think Missouri basically remade the middle of its defense successfully this offseason. I think we can say that through four games. It's been a major upgrade, again, with Hopper, Jernigan, Williams, and Landry all suddenly in the middle of this defense. I also think you got to give Al Davis, in particular, the defensive line coach, give him a lot of credit, too, for getting the right, the right combination going here. But at the same time, offensively, well, it hasn't been quite the same thing, has it? Because unfortunately, well, we all know that Bentz Polgar, if you remember, this offseason was ruled ineligible. He was supposed to be the starting center for the Tigers this fall, but that didn't happen for whatever reason. Have Still haven't gotten a good explanation on that front, but obviously that's a miss. That has to be part of your calculus here is understanding well, is this guy going to be eligible or not, especially in the transfer portal? If you're looking for a plug-and-play player at a very important part of your offense, right in the middle of the offense, in fact, just like the middle of the Tiger defense got a lot better, well, unfortunately, Missouri couldn't add anything there with Polgar's ineligibility. Of course, that's caused a younger player, Connor Tolleson, to have to slide over to center, which I don't believe is his natural position. Correct me if I'm wrong there. I, I know he's played some center. I know Missouri has given him some reps there for sure. But at the same time, I can't think that that's ideal. Obviously, there's a reason that Missouri went after Polgar in the offseason. And it just goes to show you, there are not exactly a ton of offensive linemen out there in the transfer portal, at least quality linemen. And it probably shows how fortunate Missouri was to get Jersey Mike Maietti there for the last couple years. Incredibly fortunate, I would say. But you know what? 
Also at the tight end position, Tyler Stevens was expected to probably start, if not compete, for, for more time. And it just seems like ever since that early lost fumble against Louisiana Tech, I don't know if he's in the doghouse or what, but he's been basically a non-factor at this point. And obviously this is a high school player, but I have to say I'm, I'm a little disappointed that Ryan Horstcamp hasn't shown a little bit more this year too. But again, Tyler Stevens, Bence Polgar, basically you've got nothing from them so far. And then, well, of course, we got we to gotta look at the elephant in the room, and that's the quarterback position. Now, here's the deal. Obviously, all offseason, I was, I was pumping up Brady Cook, and I think he's been up and down so far. There's been some good moments, and there's been some bad moments as well, to be brutally honest with all of you. So let's see how the other guys have fared. Three players in particular that Eli Drinkwitz definitely went after and ultimately missed out on. JT Daniels, the former Georgia Bulldog, former USC Trojan, and now with the West Virginia Mountaineers. Well, so far he's thrown for nearly 1,000 yards already for the Mountaineers at a 64% clip. And, you know, I think if you listen to my analysis of JT Daniels in the offseason, it's no surprise that he can spin the football. He's a really, really talented kid when it comes to that right arm. The problem is, I think Daniels might well have been dead meat behind this Missouri offensive line because he really is statuesque in the pocket. And I don't mean his his handsome looks. I mean, he just doesn't move. And I mean, he doesn't get outside of the pocket. Even within the pocket, he's pretty immobile. There's no Tom Brady-like feet qualities there, or even Manning, that type of deal. So to me, while Daniels, don't get me wrong, I think if you if you put a if you put a gun to my head as the as it were the figurative gun to the head, I would probably take Daniels over Cook at this point. Don't get me wrong; it'd probably be crazy to say otherwise. But at the same time, I just I don't know that he would look nearly as good at Missouri as he has at West Virginia so far. Because if he has no ability to escape pressure, it seems like he would kind of be dead meat. And then you've got Gary Bohannon the Baylor prospect who I just didn't quite get the fascination with Barry with with Bohannon he ultimately ended ended up at South Florida well for South Florida so far he's com- completing 53% of his passes zero touchdowns and six interceptions so I don't think we missed out on much there meanwhile though the third man who almost threw his hat into the Missouri ring is Jaden Daniels, who ultimately did win the starting job with LSU. He has the exact opposite, the TD to INT ratio, with six touchdowns and no interceptions. Also a career-high 73% of his passes complete, but also a career-low in average per attempt in this Brian Kelly offense He's a really good runner too, so I'm not going to dismiss that. I can't dismiss that whatsoever. Probably, I would say he's a better runner than Brady Cook. As good of a runner as Brady Cook is, Jaden Daniels is pretty electric in the open field. In fact, already has a hundred yard game against Florida State. Nearly had another hundred yard game against Mississippi State. Although last week Daniels did leave the game with what was called by reporters who were at the game an apparent head injury. Now LSU calling it a lower back injury. By the way, after the Tua Tungavailoa 
episode this past Sunday with the Miami Dolphins. I'm noticing a bit of a trend here where guys seemingly have are concussed and need to be in the the concussion protocol or something. Now they're saying, oh, it's just a lower back deal, and that's why they're stumbling around or whatever. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm no doctor, but I'm just my eyebrows are, are just a tiny bit raised at this new trend that I've been noticing. And coming up, speaking of that Missouri offensive line, unfortunately, another Tiger ruled out for the season with injury. So let's talk about Zeke Powell coming up. But first, you know, from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, well, inflation is very real and it's hitting us all where it hurts. And it does really hurt. And that's why I started using Upside. You see, Upside is a great app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. And you know what? If it works out at the Pierpont store out in the middle of nowhere, well, you know it's not too good to be true. I've used it several times, and this thing absolutely works. Upside is a no-brainer without question. And yes, I'm going to use some of that cash back, of course, to purchase some more overpriced concessions at Furrow Field because that's just my thing. That's what I like to do. But here's here's what your thing should be. It should be downloading the free Upside app by using my promo code LOCKED and you'll get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Once again, download the free Upside app. Use the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more, that's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED. That's the free Upside app. Well, unfortunately, Missouri is going to be without starting right tackle Zeke Powell, not only for the Georgia game, but also for the rest of the season This is also his last year of eligibility, so a big bummer for Zeke and the Tigers, of course. Eli Drinkwitz just recently here at his weekly press conference said, that's a tough one for us to lose. I hate it for him. Football's not fair sometimes, as we learned a lot on Saturday. Well, indeed, that that is in fact true, no doubt about that, and Unfortunately, some other injury questions for Missouri linebacker Chad Bailey listed as questionable. Also, Luther Burden listed as questionable as well. He suffered some sort of injury in the second quarter, and that would actually explain why Missouri quite often had Dominic Lovett back there to return punts. And after Lovett, frankly, look a little bit shaky. It sounds like Eli Drinkwitz just catching the ball, that is, obviously, Obviously, Dominic Lovett looked excellent as a wide receiver, but as sort of your third-string punt returner, eh, maybe not. So it looked like Missouri and Eli Drinkwitz decided to get the banged-up burden back there anyway, and they told him, hey, just, just fair catch the ball. We know you can catch it, or we have more confidence of you than anybody on the team right now, so by all means, just go back there and catch it. So... That's a little bit worrisome, I have to say. I I imagine we'll see Burden play against Georgia, but it sounds like there's at least a chance he could be a little bit limited. And obviously, Chad Bailey, along with Tyron Hopper, I mean, if if there's a better linebacker duo 
in the country? I've been, I'm sure there probably is a few of them, but I, those guys have got to be in the top ten, right? I, I don't know how you could get a whole lot better than what Bailey and Hopper have been so far. And and by the way, speaking of of football not being fair sometimes, no question about that. Drinkwitz on Nathaniel Pete's fumble, of course, that lost the game against Auburn. He said, quote, we're going to give him the ball again. That's what we're going to do. To err is human. And Drinkwitz also says that he himself needs to do a better job of teaching the players the point of emphasis on ball security. He says their thing is they're not supposed to reach for the ball, especially or reach for the goal line, especially the pylon when you're Unless you're, unless it's fourth down, then obviously, hey, you got it. All bets are off at that point. But which, which makes sense to me, frankly, with the, of course, the danger of the pylon and fumbling the ball out of bounds potentially. But by the way, since I brought that up, I should make a quick correction here. I, when I was describing that particular situation after Nathaniel Pete's fumble a couple days ago, I believe I said. Oh, I hate the rule that when the ball goes out of bounds, that it's a touchback in that situation. It seems like too harsh of a penalty. Well, I still feel that way. That is my opinion. But at the same time, it doesn't really apply here, does it? Because obviously the ball did not go out of bounds. The ball was fumbled into the end zone and recovered inbounds in the end zone by Auburn. So you'll just have to forgive me there. At the, the moment that Nathaniel Pete actually dropped the ball, I think I may have temporarily blacked out for a second. So my apologies. And I was certainly lying on my back on the floor of my basement for about, oh, probably 20 or 30 seconds after that play as well. So I wasn't exactly focused on how the fumble was recovered. So you'll have to forgive me there. And coming up, where does this devastating, insanely, ridiculously, just how could it have possibly happened finish to the Missouri-Auburn game? Well, where does this one actually rank compared to some other heartbreakers? Well, now that I've had a few days, let's take a quick stab at that after these quick words. Now, while the stakes for Missouri this past Saturday were relatively high, I think the path to obviously a bowl game is looking really, really difficult now for Eli Drinkwitz in Missouri, but just based on how the season started, especially against Kansas State, well, just because of expectations alone, I don't think you can put this up there in terms of just pure heartbreak among even games that people tend to overlook, like, say, the 2008 Oklahoma State game where Missouri was highly ranked coming in, basically expecting to be one of the top five teams in the country and got upset by the Cowboys that day. Perhaps Chase Daniel had a hurt thumb. Perhaps he didn't. A lot of speculation there over the years. I'll always remember that game because Gary Pinkle decided to settle for a field goal on the opening drive from the Oklahoma State one-yard line. That's the play I always remember. And, of course, the two Oklahoma losses in 2007 were brutal. But when it really starts getting in there, you start just thinking about the unlikeliness of what happened against Auburn. Now, of course, the flea kicker, one single play by Scott Frost, Matt Davison in Nebraska doesn't get much more unlikely than a bicycle kick off a deflection, does it? Or how about a fifth down 
doesn't get much more likely than that. And those two games I just mentioned, yes, those two teams went on to at least share a bit of the national championship. Now, a lot of people are going to go back to 2013 in South Carolina as well. The missed field goal, the doink, if you will, off the right upright. Yes, that was really heartbreaking at the time, but at the same time, Ultimately, Missouri still had its shot to win the SEC and go to the national championship that year against, coincidentally, the Auburn Tigers. But also another game, one that I'll never forget, Kentucky 2018. Everybody remembers the extremely shaky pass interference call at the end of the game, but how about just Missouri choosing to kick the ball inbounds to the punt returner? That was that was what I'll always forget, that Kentucky's offense showed nothing. But you know what? I digress here. The point is, is while all those games that I just mentioned were, to me, I felt much worse after all of them, was much more heartbroken than I was after this Auburn game. And just that's not only because of, mostly because of circumstances, right? Just better Missouri teams, all that good stuff. But... In terms of improbability, I actually think Auburn is probably number one. If it's not the flea kicker, which that one moment is more unbelievable than anything that happened in the Auburn game. And so is, frankly, the refs forgetting how to count to four and allowing Colorado to spike the ball on fourth down. That Those one moments in those one games are truly beyond belief, so much so that the Missouri fans actually prematurely rushed the field in the south in the north end zone, excuse me, for both games. But at the same time, when it comes to actual improbability, I think when you combine the fumble at the one yard line by Pete with the twenty six yard de facto extra point by Mevis and jumping off sides a couple times excuse me, once in that overtime period, even then, giving giving Auburn their only three points of regulation and the second half, I think that might actually be slightly above just the one moment of the flea kicker and the one moment of the fifth down, just in terms of pure improbability. Now, don't get me wrong, when it comes to heartbreak, all those games I mentioned are ahead of this, but that Auburn game was truly beyond belief. And thanks for joining me once again on this edition of Locked on Mizzou. Thanks for telling a friend to check out LockedOnMizzou.com where you can find all the links to this program. And, hey, if you need a second listen, check out Chris Gordy with Locked on SEC. Heck, hockey's coming up. Locked on Blues. Of course, Locked on Cardinals, Locked on Royals, Locked on Chiefs. We got you covered here, of course, on the Locked on Podcast Network. We are your team every day and thanks so much for listening once again to locked on mizzou